You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Shantae Nicole on the line. Now, I'm very, very excited to have Shantae on because we go way back. Okay, maybe not way back, but a few years. Um, And (laughs) I have been trying to get her on the podcast for a little while. So Shantae Nicole's passion for serving others has always been at the center of her life. She is an autism mom, a wife, an author, a financial fitness coach a kids money coach, a certified credit consultant, and she holds a degree in nursing. And she is the founder of not one, but two nonprofits. One is called FACE, so Facing Autism with Children Everywhere. And then the other one that I'm very familiar with is Financial Common Sense. Now, She's also the founder of Kids Making Sense, which is a financial literacy program that offers educational products and workshops in the community, including schools, churches, and recreational camps. So y'all know why why I brought her on is because I want her to talk about some tips on how to get our kids to save and spend and, you know, do all that stuff with money. So thank you so much, Shantae, for coming on the show. For having me. I'm so excited about this topic. It is near and dear to my heart for so many reasons. So I cannot wait to share what I have. Yes. And I will be here taking notes because my <laughs> kiddos, <laughs> especially my oldest. Um, but anyway, so let's just hop right in. So when it comes to kids and money, how can we get our kids to be more in tune with their finances? Um, I know as a child growing up, nobody talked to me about money. So how is that important in today's world? It's very important because the reason why I tapped into doing uh, products and services and workshops for kids is because my main audience are adults. And I'm like, you know, the reason why we're all in shambles, because we didn't learn any of this when we were younger. Right. Schools aren't teaching it. And then parents aren't teaching it. And I don't blame the parents because it's cyclical. Right. I can't blame my mom for not teaching me about money when her parents didn't teach her and then their parents didn't teach them. So we just kind of grow up and just start adulting and trying to figure it out. And I'm like, let's go back to the foundation, which is um, putting this topic in our kids mindsets early on. So that's why I'm so passionate about this. But it's really important for parents that have this conversation and a lot of them don't even know where to start so that's what most of my products are for children to learn but it's also for parents to like create that conversation because without those products or those flashcards or that planner it's like it's like what do I tell my kids don't spend all your money make sure you save and like the parents aren't doing that either you know (laughs) leading by example is number one but yeah it's really just knowing where to start with the conversation so Right. Well, with that being said, let's just start there. So how do we like, okay, here's my first question. What age is this good for? Because I know that's a question I get a lot as well. So what age should we start having these money conversations? The first time a child asks you to buy them something. Mm. And <laughs> so or four years old, because there's a way to explain the same thing and bring it down to the level of where they are. Right. My mom, she had an opportunity to teach me about money at four because I remember this story and we still laugh about it. And I'm in my forties. Okay. About me asking her to buy me something. And she said, I don't have the money. And I said, can't you just write a check? Because I used to see people just write a check and hand it to the cashier and they walked out with the stuff. And I was like, wow, that's like money. Where can I get these checks? You know? And so she could have said, well, you know, Shantae, even though you're writing a check, 
you know, there's some money in a bank. And when the money is there, that's what they use to take the money out. If you don't have it, she didn't. She was just like, I don't have it. I can't write a check. It doesn't work that way. And then we just moved on. But that was an opportunity, right? So now it's mommy, use your card. Mommy, swipe your card because kids don't see checks these days. And so even then, the moment they ask you to buy something, it means that they recognize a transaction has to happen. I walk out of this once I give you something. So then that's the opportunity. But, you know, parents, we're in the stores. We don't have time. We're like, but we just got to put this on the belt. Get out of the store. Let's go on. So it's like, but you know, and that's the thing. It's like really helping parents figure out where to start with that conversation. And so when I do these interviews and it's about this topic, it's really for the parents <laughs> to how to teach their kids because they don't know. Um, can you teach someone how to play the piano if you don't know how to play the piano? So if you barely uh, are managing your money properly, how can you teach your kids to do the same Exactly, exactly. And that's such a good point. And it's funny because I have a friend that has a similar story where they were like, just write a check. And, <laughs> and of course, like, as parents, we don't look at those opportunities like, okay, this could be a teaching moment. So I want to take like your first tip is probably to find those teaching moments, like find those situations where you can insert a little bit of knowledge. So that way you can go ahead and start the conversation and keep it going. Um, so how do we bring up these money? So let's say, for instance, it's not a store situation. Let's just say while we're at home, we want to just start throwing nuggets out there. Um, how do we get our kids engaged? Because I know with my kids, all they want to do is play video games. And so they have no interest <laughs> unless it's spending money, getting V-Bucks, whatever the case, no interest in having that money conversation. So what are some tips to get them interested? No, you don't. You just pull them in. I mean, there are a lot of things that we learn that they that we don't, we're not interested in. And they go to school, half those subjects, they're probably like, this is so boring. But guess what? You have to learn it, right? So just say, hey, tonight we're going to be just, just create the conversation. It doesn't have to be like, oh, when they mention something about money, oh, here's my opportunity. You make the opportunity. We are the parents, right? We're the nurturers and the providers. So we have to create that. So one of my, one of the first things I tell parents is um, involve them in your, your budgeting. And I know, you know, especially specific races or like they don't need to know that that's grown folks business it's like no but like then they become the the grown folks who mishandle their money right and so sit them down i did a workshop um two years ago virtually and it was four part one was about investing for kids one was about what it takes to run a household one was credit and one was like earning and spending money what it takes to run a household they were so blown away because most kids don't know what it takes they just go to school, they come home, they have their bed, they have their Wi-Fi that they use way more than we do. They have their cell phones, they have, you know, gymnastics classes, meaning they have to get there, which means you have to drive them. So you're paying for, so it's just like, they just go with the flow. If you actually say, this is how much it costs to pay for my car every month, and then insurance, and then gas, and then groceries, and then, you know, your tuition for your gymnastics or karate class or cheerleading. Like, they don't know. We're just spending money, and they're just living life, right? So involving them on what it takes, because as a 12-year-old, as a back when we were 12, $100 sounded like a lot of money, right? So if you say mommy's paying $450 for this car rebuff, that's like, wow! Like, they don't know how much the mortgage or rent costs. So really just sitting them down and saying, you don't have to, like, let's show them your pay stubs and stuff, but just say, you know, this is everything that mommy and daddy or your caregiver, grandma, whoever, what it takes to keep this household running. 
every day. The water we have to pay when you take a shower, the electricity when you're playing your video games. They just need to know what it takes. Then that kind of already puts them in a different headspace when you're talking about other things. So like earning, saving, spending. That sounds like you're just trying to tell me what to do. You know, but if you show them like this is why. So that has to be the foundation, like just to live daily. What does that take? And you have to just create that conversation. Right, right. And that is one thing that I do do currently. Um, so I'm like, yay, I did some yeah. sentence, should I take that? Um, <laughs> um, is I do get them involved. And especially because like, for instance, they love Fortnite, right? And Fortnite has the little monthly thing where they can be part of whatever, whatever. And then they get a little extra benefits. So I'm like, okay, this is how your Fortnite monthly thing fits into my monthly budget. And so if you start asking for more things, then it's like, okay, do you still want to keep Fortnite thing or do you want something else? You know, and it's funny. We also so let's get into this, too, because this just happened with my kids. So they just got some money from my grandparents and, you know, they each got the same amount. And my oldest son, he was already like, oh, well, I want to get this. I want to get that. I want to get this. And I was trying to tell him, like, OK, if you spend all your money now, you're not going to have any. <laughs> Um, and so when we have kids that are just like, I just want to spin, 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 spin. Um, what can we do as parents to kind of like reel that in a little bit? Like, um, you know, if, for instance, in my case, he was like, I want some headphones. I want this on this video game. I want this. And I'm like, by the time you do the math, mm, that's about 70 something dollars already. You only got a hundred. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So that's a fine line, right? Because on one hand, it's like, don't spend, save, but it's like, also, what are they saving for? Saving for the things they want, which is what he was pointing out. But you're like, don't send it right away. And he's like, well, if I save it, I'm still going to want to spend it on these things anyway. So, you know, really teaching delayed gratification. Like for him, he may have already said in his mind, when I ever get some money, I want these headphones, I want this and that. So he got it, right? But sometimes like Shantae, when she got her first job, when she was 15 and I was babysitting three children, they was not the greatest kids either. And I only got $50 a week for each kid. So $150 at the end of the week for three kids full time. But I was Ooh, child. <laughs> right. But whenever I do workshops and I say, where do you think Miss Shante was every Friday? They're like, at the mall. I'm like, you better believe it. I spent that money every single week. But I say I was also turning 16, trying to get my license. And I wanted a little car, like a little bucket, you know. And I say, you know, I didn't save my money up for that big thing that I wanted. I was so happy with that money every week that I went and spent and shopped. So when the school year came and my other friends were driving, I was at the bus stop with Q clothes. So... <laughs> About the delay, so teaching delayed gratification, like I know it seems enticing and you want to spend this money right now. But guess what? You want that. What's one thing that you want? Maybe they'll say, oh, I want a PS5. OK, well, how much does it cost? So tell me how much money you have to save up to get that. That means when you get money, it's OK to spend if you want something, but save the rest so you can get that one big thing or don't spend any because that big thing is going to be so much greater than all these little things. So just like that delayed gratification. And it's hard for adults. I mean. They have to teach their kids because adults will swipe on a credit card so fast, knowing they don't have the money to pay back in full. But they're like, I want that thing right there, right now. Or you're saving for You're spending all your money on this and that. When it's time for the trip, you don't have it. So what do you do? I charge it. Then I'm financing it. And then it's interest. And then I'm paying more. It's a vicious cycle, right? So delayed gratification, it is hard to teach this in children. I, I know it's hard to break that barrier. 
maybe having them print off the thing they want and keeping it like on their dresser or on their mirror when they're brushing their teeth, something they can always visually see it, right? Um, but yeah, just teaching delayed gratification is, it's a tough one, but we have to. But again, find that balance because you're like, don't spend all your money. He's like, but this is what I want, you know? So, you know, it, you got to figure out when, if that's his goal, then he's spending it wisely, you know? That's true. And so like you said a mouthful because honey child, um, <laughs> adults need to take these same strategies and things like that. Um, but it sounds like we need to have goal conversations. Yeah. So starting your kids off with some goal conversations, like what is something that you want? And then, you know, start having that framework. So that way, you know, when they do get money, you can say, OK, well, remember this goal, you know, that type of thing. So that is something that I need to implement because I have not done that. And see, one thing that we do as parents, too, is we push our beliefs on them and we push what we want on them. And so like when he was like, oh, I want to get these headphones and they were like $60, I'm like, hmm, like that's a lot of money. Are you sure that's what you want? Like, And so now I'm starting to try to influence his decision when really we could have just said, OK, if that was a goal that you had, you know, your headphones broke well, then that's fine. You know, you're spending your money wisely. Um, so I think that's one thing that we still need to be aware of as parents, too, is trying to push our beliefs and what we want for our kids onto them and just have that balance because, you know, we are supposed to guide them. But at the same time, we can't sit there and be like, oh, well, that's wrong. No, you don't need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can, but don't stop there. There's another layer. OK, Maybe you would never spend $60 on no headphones. I know I wouldn't. My husband bought me some AirPods for my birthday. He was like, I did this because I know you would have never spent this money on. I was like, you dang on right because I'm not spending $120 on no headphones. But he's like, and you act like you broke. I'm like, I don't care. That's too much for headphones. But the other layer to that is you're absolutely right, Tiffany. Say $60 is a lot. You sure you want to spend that? Hey, let's see if we can find those same ones for cheaper. So don't just discourage him from buying it. If he's like, Ma, if this is what I want to spend my money on, I want to spend my money on it. He'll either bite, you know, bite the bullet and get them and realize, dang, I should have saved a little bit because I wanted this. Or he could be completely content with this $60 headphone, but start the bargaining thing. Hey, OK, you found them on Amazon over here, but let's just see if they're cheaper on eBay. Let's just see if they're cheaper here. So, yes, it's $60 is a lot. But if he's OK with that, it's his money. But also seeing, hey, because then that's going to stick with him. Dang, what if I spent 60 on these? I found them for 30 over here and I got 30 left. Okay. That bargaining, that bargaining um, discussion. Now, I will, like, let me go to full transparency because when we was in the store, the first set he picked up was like two something. And I was like, that's way out of your budget. <laughs> that's way out of your price range. Um, and so I was like, well, what about these over here? You know, that was the $60 mm -hmm. ones. Um, but it's like, you know, kids, they don't really... Um, like you were saying from the very beginning, when you saw people in there just spending money, spending money, you didn't know how it was working. And so you were just like, oh, you know, I could just ball out in the store whenever I want and my mom's going to pay for it and it's fine, you know. And so I think just having these kids more aware is definitely a key to success when you're teaching your kids about money. Now, yeah. what other tips, because you've been dropping gems this whole episode, um, what <laughs> other tips do you have when we have these conversations or just to help our kids do money a little better? So it's two more. Um, one is giving them responsibility. Parents say all the time, I want, I want to teach my child how to be responsible, but they never get the responsibilities, right? So when your kid wants something, who typically buy it? 
We do. But make them buy it, right? Get them a debit card. They have so many like cards for kids these days. Put the money, load it on the card, and make them feel responsible when they go in the store and they're swiping themselves and entering their own pen. It gives them autonomy to say, okay, this is my money. I do have to make sure I manage it better. Also, let them fall through the cracks. If they want to spend $100 on something that you think is so ridiculous, let them spend it. And then they will have the buyer's remorse and go like, dang, I wish I didn't do that for the next time. But we want to jump in and save our children all the time, which, yes, we're supposed to do that. But like sometimes it's, it, it holds them back. Right. So say, OK, you want to spend $100, your, all your birthday money on that one thing, go right on it. And then when the next thing comes, you like, see, if you still had that money left over, like. <laughs> Let them fall. Let them realize. Let them have buyer's remorse. Kids don't have buyer's remorse. Why? Because we we buy everything for them. Or And they say, I still got my birthday money. Because parents, well, that's their birthday money. I don't want them to spend that. Okay, what is it for? They're not saving that for college. So let them use that for what they want. You know, our parents, we love them if they're still alive, but they're not buying stuff for us. <laughs> At <laughs> you know? all. But at point, we have to stop that too. So I think giving them responsibility, autonomy. When we go in the store, if he has something he wants and he has money, you ring your stuff up, you stay to the side, and then let him ring his stuff up or her stuff up, whatever the case is. But give them the responsibility instead of just keep saying, they need to have responsibility. I need to teach them responsibility. If you don't ever give it to them, you can teach them verbally all you want. They have to do, you know, learning by action. So that's one. That's right by just sitting down and involving them with what it takes to run a household because, okay, now you know how do you be responsible with your money when it comes to spending it, saving it, earning it, you know? Um, so that's one. And I'm just going to add to that real quick. One thing that I do with my kids for them to earn a little extra is, um, their grades, right? So my thing is, look, you only got one job at this point, at this, at this point in your life, you only have one job and that's to do good in school. And so, you know, I have it to where like an A is $20, a Mm -hmm. B is 15, a C is 10. And then if you get anything less than a C, you get nothing because when you're in college, that's how it works. (laughs) Like, And so, you know, that's kind of how I'm instilling those values, but also encouraging them to do better. And then monetizing it and rewarding it. So now they see like, okay, this is my job. I need to do good in my job. If I do good in my job, I get paid. Um, Because that's how it is, whether you work for someone, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether in school, it doesn't matter. That's how it always works throughout life. And so that's one thing, that's one tip for me is I monetize grades. So that way, if you come to me with a D, which never happens, but if it does, then it's like, well, you know, you're not getting anything. I mean, (laughs) and so it also associates, okay, this is a goal that I have. And if I don't reach it, then I don't get a reward in return. And see, I think that's one thing that we do as parents too, back to your point is we'll still reward our kids even when we're not supposed to. (laughs) This, I'm so glad you added that at the right time because that goes right into my final point. It is so perfect. And before I get into that, I want to address the backlash that I receive when I tell this next topic or I hear about parents like you. I'm not monetizing my kids for getting good grades when they should already be getting good grades. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. But don't you work and you look for bonuses for doing the job you're already supposed to be doing in the first place. So this is a bonus for them, right? Yes, they should be getting good grades anyway, but they're going to work even harder to get those grades when you monetize it or they're going to have an incentive behind it. If your job says, you know, you you recognize that they give bonuses when you go above and beyond your regular duties. So you're going to go above and beyond because you want that bonus, right? So 
when it comes to children, I feel like we just have them in this little box as if they're going to be children forever. They're going to be teens and then adults like you at some point, and then they're going to become parents at some point. So, you know, I, we have this thing like children stay in their place. And yes, there's a place for children to stay. You know, you have a real grown folk conversation. Don't be involved in yourself. But money is not a grown folk conversation. But adults have been wired to think that. And I hate to say it, but like we, because the, our other people, the other people aren't shying away from having money talks with their children, is which is why most of them are set up for success later, you know? And then we're scrambling trying to figure it out when no one talked, right? So the next thing is, it was perfect when you said, that's their job, to work hard for their grades. And then I'm gonna incentivize it, right? So I always say, if you give your children any type of money, whether it's for allowance, just, you know, doing your chores or good grades, call it income. Don't call it allowance. Because income, you work for it, right? So they have to realize that it's something I have to put good work in, do good work, not just, oh, I swept the floor, but I still got dirt all around the stove. Like, do good chores, do good, do a good job in school to get those good grades, and then incentivize it, right? So then you say, here's your income. Now, what are you going to do with that income? Are you going to spend it all? Because remember, you told me last week there was a goal you had for this thing you wanted. So it's just a cycle, right? bring them into the, the the money conversation at home, talk about the goals, what is it that you really want? And then talk about how you're earning money to get that, whether it's chores, good grades, birthday money, whatever it is. Birthday money could be looked at as a bonus. Okay, your grades and your chores, that's your income. Any other money, you can do whatever you want with it. Now, remember what I taught you, but that's yours. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. But you know, so it's like, already start preparing them for the adult world. Mm -hmm. Even at seven. Yeah. And I think this is the thing, um, you know, as parents and even going back before us, we kind of dehumanize kids like kids are humans, too. Like they're little versions of all of us walking around. And so whatever motivations and stuff that we have, they have those same little motivations, too. And so we kind if we start reframing and start thinking about it like that, like, OK, if I if I go to work and they say I'm I'm not going to get paid, okay, am I going to go to work? Probably not. And so at the end of the day, now granted your kids can't just skip school, but it does incentivize them to do better. So like that's why I said I've never really had an issue with grades lower than a C because they know that they're not going to get anything for it. And it's crazy when you start thinking about things like that, you start realizing that you have more money conversations. And so now you're breaking the the generational things going on, you're breaking all of that. And so now you're setting your kids up for success. And another thing that we do here too, is we have um, business conversations. So like, what type of um, business would you like to have? You know, so like my oldest son, for instance, he started a YouTube channel. He gets more views than I do. And I'm like, I've been doing this for way longer. I'm like, do I need to go ahead and hop on some video games while I'm teaching financial <laughs> literacy? Um, but, <laughs> right. Like he posted his first video, got like 30, 40 views. And people in the comments like, oh, Chili Changa made his appearance. Like he got a fan club already. And I'm just like, what is going on? So anyway, um, I say that to say, like, if your kids have some type of, you know, goal, ambition, something that they want to do, encourage them to do it. Like I could have easily said, 
Well, no, I don't think you need to have a YouTube channel. I don't think you need to do that. Da, 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 da. But I was like, you know what? You want to have a YouTube channel? Go ahead. As long as you keep creating your content, you don't really need me because um, I don't have the capacity. But, um, you know, if you can do it on your own and he went and did it. And so that kind of sparked something within him like, oh, you know, I could be a content creator, you know, that type of thing. So I just wanted to point that out. Like instead of immediately shooting down your kids like I said, they're little humans. What what would happen if somebody shot down your dreams or shot down your goals? You know what I'm saying? So just encourage those conversations and things like that to happen as well. Um, it's kids, teenagers, even when they become young adults, like you have to continue that because that's when real life really hits them. Right. I remember my first apartment. I was 19 and I tell people all the time the time I had to sweep something. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't even have a broom because when you're living at home, everything's just there. A broom is there. A dustpan is there. The little junk drawer where the rubber bands are like every. So I was just like oh, and it was that and a pair of scissors. I couldn't believe I didn't have. I was like, I got to go to the store and buy a pair a pair of scissors like that reality hit me when I needed to buy a broom and a pair of scissors because that stuff so then it's like oh I'm really in the real world now like there's no more you know safety net for me and then that's when it was like oh shoot am I prepared was I prepared I don't know I got my first credit card 19 maxed it out nobody taught me about credit then when I had cancer is when I was like oh my god they're talking about credit reports and credit scores and my credit sucks and I was like what is credit what do they mean I didn't know any of that so I started looking it up and I was like People need to know about this. So at 22, I started trying to teach all my friends about money and credit. You know, it's a report and a score. You know what that score means? And they're like, oh, whatever. They didn't care. Now they texted me. Hey, Tay, um, I got this balance transfer offer in the mail, right? And I was wondering it. I'm like, oh, now y'all want to learn. But I was just so like fascinated because I was like, this has been around for all these years and nobody said anything, you know? And so, you know, when that real world hits you, you know, and I tell Tell us, let's catch our kids and help them learn, not by mistakes. We all had to learn by mistakes. Let's have them not have to go down that road. But again, they don't even know where to start, the parents, right? And so I'm always grateful when people ask me to come speak. And I'm thinking they want to talk about credit and stuff. They're like, no, let's talk about the kids. I'm like, okay. Um, but most of my interviews have been about that. And so those are the things that I really think are important. You know, what it takes to run a household, involving them in your, in your money, man, your money management asking questions um and then the allowance the income the working for it you know make it seem like it's their job you had when you said that i was like oh that's so great um and then giving them responsibility let them buy their own things like when you were in the store and he was picking out his headphones you weren't like give me your money and i'm gonna swipe it for you no you buy your own stuff this is your money you got or earned or whatever it is buy it so i think those are the things and there's still ways to um stay on top of that right say you do give the birth the the the, the work money for getting good grades right don't give it to them put it load it up on the card that they have because then guess what once it's on a card and it's not a cash transaction you can start creating ledgers okay what did you start with and then you spent it and then this is what's left oh then you got extra ten dollars for your birthday now how much do you have and start going down that balance sheet and showing like this is how you manage it. You don't just get money and spend it because you don't know where it's going. You think you have more than you really did. You didn't know you spent it. So then that too. And so just really, they're like you said, little humans, little teeny adults, if we want to call them that, that are eventually going to become big grown adults and they have to learn how to manage their money, right? So I think you're already off to a great start, honey. And um, some parents, sometimes I've done these interviews and the person that's interviewing me, they're like, oh, 
oh, I never thought about it like that. I don't, I don't know about it. But then they start kind of letting their guard down. Like, you know what? Because they compartmentalize their kids. Like, you're just a kid. So I don't want to, I'm not paying them for doing chores. And it's like, you know, maybe I should. Because you would, you buy them things anyway, right? Just because. So then make it for a reason. Right. Because <laughs> you did a good job running out. Might as well. Might as well. So I also want to bring up one more thing and then mm -hmm. we're going to wrap up. You have these financial literacy flashcards. Now, I got some a couple of years ago and I love it. I still play with my kids to this day, but it just has little financial terms on it with the definitions and things like that. And it is so important to just start getting these terms out there. Like I've even played it with adults. <laughs> it's not just for kids, um, yeah. but it's very, very important. And Shantae has this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stack of cards that I highly recommend everybody listening to go and buy um, because they're awesome. They are awesome. And yes, 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 yes. So I just wanted to point that out. Oh, go ahead. And I did that to help. It wasn't really for the parents because it's like, if you don't know where to start, these cards will help you even start the money conversation. What does a budget mean? What does the economy mean? They have like little problem solving, you know, things in the back. When you owe money, what is interest? What is a stop? What's a share? Just all of those, all of those different things. And then um, uh, the next year after I made the, the cards, I made planners, financial planners for teens and kids to help. It has a general ledger there where you can keep track of your money. It talks about, oh, the last thing. I'm so sorry. Charging your kids rent, making them pay bills. That is one thing that people are like, I never thought about that before. But I think that that needs to happen. If you give them consistent income for working, having good grades or allowance, then charge them 25 cents for the Wi-Fi per month, a dollar for rent, you know, 50 cents for groceries, whatever it is. So that when they get money, they're like, oh, before I can go spend it, I got to pay my bills. Okay. Just something <laughs> your money is not all your money to spend when you get it. Just like we can't spend all our money. We got to pay bills first. And then it's like whatever's left. That's what we have to divide. So make, I mean, real small. I mean, don't charge them like $200, you know, <laughs> for, for rent, but like a dollar 25 cents for electricity, 10 cents for Wi-Fi, and maybe it'll add up to $4 for the month. But they know I got to pay my bills first before I can go buy these $60 headphones because I got bills, right? And then whatever's left is yours. Now you can wait till you get more income and add to it, or you can blow it because you already took care of your bills. So that's another thing I meant to say, like, yeah, making them pay bills. And that's one that parents always laugh at, but then they're like, Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know you just saw the light bulb. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Because um, <laughs> that is something that I haven't implemented. That is a very, very good idea. Um, so we definitely about to implement that. They probably gonna be like, mm, I don't like Shantae, but guess what? Shantae about to learn you, boo. Um, so <laughs> with <the laughs> with your first check for real when you're a teen, and you're like, oh man. Especially taxes and stuff come out. They don't know. They think all their money, they money. Ten dollars an hour times thirty. You're not gonna see all that money. <laughs> so no. I that um yeah, that's a good one. And like so, I was saying that to say in the planner, it has tips on parents. How you know keeping a the chart. They have their own budget sheet. Okay, this is how much I pay for my wife every month. This is how much I pay for rent or groceries or whatever. And then there's a, a um bingo game that's associated with the cards. So the you read the definition and they have to find what word fits that definition and that retain the information that's on the card. So, Ooh, the money nerd in me just like, <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> okay, so Shantae, you you dropping all this good stuff, all this good stuff, all these good resources, things like that. Where can people find you if they want to learn more or they want to buy some of these awesome products that you already have out there? Awesome. So the business is called Financial Common Sense, and since it's spelled like money, you know, what are we talking about? So on Facebook, I'm Financial Common Sense. Um, the page and the group, the group, we just hit 98,700 people, I think. And so a lot of tips and resources about kids and about your own personal finances. Um, and then Instagram handle is financial common sense as well. So, uh, but yeah, I love doing this. I love talking about it. Um, it just brings me great joy because I know that I'm spreading awareness, like you said, and some knowledge that people may not have thought about or just, you know, felt a little lost. So thank you for having me. On the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Um, this was so long in the making, and I appreciate you for coming on and dropping all these gems for us parents, but it was also stuff that parents can implement for themselves. So it was just gems just sprinkled all throughout the episode. So I highly recommend going back and re-listening or re-watching however you're in taking this. And then if you didn't get all of those links and stuff that she said, I will have them all in the show notes. So don't worry. I know sometimes y'all be listening while you drive and all types of stuff. It will be in the show notes so you don't have to miss out. Thank you so much again, Shantae, for joining me today. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>